Welcome back to the Glint Standard. I'm a new face. My name is Jake. I'm usually behind the camera. And today we are talking about past versus present advertising. Welcome to the Glint Standard, an advertising podcast that provides unexpected insights on culture, clients, and careers. We have our senior advertiser with us today. You've probably all seen him before. Senior like experienced senior or senior like just old? Whichever way you'd like. <laughs> I'd say a little bit of both. Okay. But Fair enough. I am obviously the younger version. So mm-hmm. what how how did it how was it back in the day? How would you go about because you didn't have Photoshop, Illustrator, what was like your tool that to my illustrator? Wow. Um, that goes back a long way. You yeah. go back to how far do you want me to go back? Like to the early days or All my the days? Way. Your days, your okay. Days. My let's start with my days because you can go back a little further than that. But unbelievable, yeah. I know, but you can. I didn't think um, history went that far. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> um, I wasn't using stones and chisels when I started. It's unlucky. But it probably wasn't a lot different. Yeah. We had back then. You had to be able to draw. If you were an illustrator, you drew. That way, you could draw products or images of people to get the expression across. You could also use photography, but reproduction became a little bit tougher. Um, we had what you call paste-up boards. Uh, we have a machine that I call the Blue Dinosaur, okay. and it is a big, call it maybe a six foot by four foot, big old piece of machinery. And you would code on it, so code in its early days. You would put code in the beginning, tell it what you want it to say, pick the font, the size, the letting, blah, 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 and put it in there, and hit send. And it would go, and just start creating this and burning the, that type onto a wax strip piece of paper is the best way to explain it. Yeah. And you would put font strips into this machine. So it's a very manual process as well. And when this thing came out and it was processed in that same machine, you hope you'd you'd spec everything right. Because yeah. if your letting was off and it wasn't spec right, it's too expensive to run it again. So you would take every line of copy, slice it, shift it all up just a hair manually on a board. So that piece of wax paper would go through a hot wax machine. It'd go onto a board you would cut it with an X-Acto knife, put all that in position, and then you would take your imagery, graphics, and tie those into your layout, and then you would do your layout with pencil first, go, this is what we want to do, and then you're creating this board to match that layout. You take that board, you go start shooting film of the board. Um, you had ruby lith layer masks. Yeah. So if you think about Photoshop, what you're familiar mm-hmm. with, you've got layers. Well, we yeah. had those too, but they were actual real pieces of ruby lith that you would cut out the areas you wanted to be a certain color and you would shoot that by itself. Crop marks on everything because that and target marks that's how you aligned everything when you got into press so you would take all that go into the back dark room shoot them all individually on film you would process that film you would then take it and burn them onto a plate you'd process the plate the plate went onto the press press started running and that's how you got that's how you'd get a brochure yeah or you know an ad or you know whatever that is that's that's a big overarching view yeah. i know what it was like <laughs> very what? manual you had to be very good at what you did yeah because um, you couldn't rely on computers yeah i have two things to say about that oh, okay first <laughs> off is you said you it wasn't so old you were using you know rock and chisel but you were working with dinosaurs <laughs> so probably a little earlier than that also uh-huh. It okay. explains why 
when we are working today in the the modern world why you are very particular on getting it done the right way the first time and it's almost because you couldn't make those mistakes back in the day that's funny you say that that probably is a big driving force on a lot of the decisions that i make yeah that although you can make a lot of mistakes and start over and it's a little more forgiving now and you, i'm not saying you don't have to be as good yeah but if you're not that good you can still get an entry point into this industry yeah. a little bit you can so kind of wiggle your from. way in just through you know process of failing and repeating with a new thing and it's very fast nowadays I can, yeah, time. I can yeah. go through a hundred different ways to do a process in 10 minutes yeah you know with a click of a button and so I don't know just out of my perspective as a young person I feel like other younger viewers might agree that it's it's actually the opposite nowadays where people will do do the mistakes until they kind of have it in their mind like instead of like a trial and error process and then you know once they've had the trial and error process then you know they don't have to do it every time but there's not as much of a, a fear of making a mistake you know so people just keep trying nowadays with the speed of everything you know yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense actually when you say it like that you know, because if you messed up then, it, it wasn't just time you had to recover yeah. all the material as yeah. well. And it did get very expensive or could get very expensive. Yeah. That's why you had multiple layers of people as well. Managers, creative directors, art directors. We still have those today. Yeah. But they're looking at all those details before they go to the next step because you're trying to minimize redoing things. Yeah. Right? One thing I was going to ask is I feel like you might have a romanticization of that period and that if you could if that's how it was you'd kind of like it to be like your little artsy craft you know or do you like it more nowadays do you, which one would you say you prefer Whew. I, I really like both for different reasons back then it truly was a craft yeah as well as a business and if you were an artist you were an artist whether you were doing a paste-up artist, an illustrator, a photographer, anything like that. It was harder to get in, and you had to be really, really good. Yeah. And you had to have that natural creative talent. Think way it is today, if you have that natural creative talent, there's more outlets for you. Um, and it's easier. the point of entry is easier, and there are a lot of tools that can help and stock and things like that that can help you get there a little bit quicker, where back then, we didn't have stock. If yeah. you had stock, you actually went and got a piece of film that somebody shot and you licensed it and you used it and you could only use it for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Now, you have lots of royalty-free and things like that. So I think the mix is better, but one thing I do like about today is, I and I've said this before, and this is probably where it's coming from, I solved the problem first to create a layout, create an advertising piece that works. Mm -hmm. But now I've got the freedom to go play. Can I make it better? Yeah. Ooh, what can I do this? Can I use this tool to make it better? Can even I when the product's done, you're still done. you're still like, oh, I I still have that opportunity where, oh, the night before I'm going to present this to the client, I can go make a little change. If if I want to, if yeah. you want to, yeah, yeah but it, you might you probably there. won't. But I think it lets me be more. My creative freedom is bigger. Where yeah. back then, you all your creative freedom was in the beginning. And once yeah. you pinned it down, you went. That's it. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, your creative freedom is in the beginning. You pin it down. Now I go. Ooh, what if this? Ooh, what if that? And you can spend 
couple more hours playing with that, and maybe it makes it better. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Yeah. But you get to really explore it at that point a little bit more, um, which can get you into trouble sometimes. You can lose sight of what the idea is, and you become, our, like I say in our industry, um, we're not artists. Yeah. We're advertisers. If you want to be an artist, then go pick up the brush and go down that world. We are creating what we need to create to sell, and there's only, you got to know when to stop with that. Right. right when you're a true artist, yeah, you're creating it to be what it needs to be. Yeah, one sense. thing also though is that researching all this stuff, like the the paste up boards and all this, you kind of find similarities in how you solve problems back then and how you solve problems now, and kind of like if you have a client and they have their logo. Right now, we have a PNG file of their logo that we can pull up and use in anything in 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. But you want to hold up your stamp and show it off a little? <laughs> this is going. This is. This is premium. Just is, so we're clear on this. Oh, yeah. Okay. This but is, yeah, that's the so same. So a little stamp, wooden block. You've got metal on the front. Uh, really cool. This used to be how you would do imagery. And you, also, if you had words, you would yeah. stack those all in and jam them all together. And it's, then it's like a stamp. You would actually throw ink on the front of it. It's kind of, <laughs> I mean, it's. I have of, done this before. That's what's oh, scary about okay. it. Oh, okay. But, but because I thought it was fun. Yeah. See, you do romanticize it. <laughs> I do. But then you, you cover it with ink, and then you throw the paper on and stamp it down on there, and that's how you get the imprint. And it, there's something very tactile about this yeah. and just intentional Yeah. that makes it so great and I always talk about intention here and that's probably where that comes from as well and if you if I look at that line of copy I was talking about before and the lighting's off I can look at almost any piece immediately go there's something wrong something's off between those two lines of copy yeah text. especially with the and I can stamp. pick it up immediately right? because it's I mean from back in the day it's ingrained in you to notice those yeah. things you know yeah and it's, it's like it's a little different nowadays because things are because me growing up, whenever I'm reading things online, generally it's all perfectly spaced. It's done by a computer, and so if there's a little thing that's wrong in my brain, I think that's fine, you know. But in yours, because you're in this world where you know you're putting on every letter, you're making, sh you're paying attention to every letter every you're putting detail, on. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just where all it comes from. You it's know funny because I, mean? I, I look at that stuff and I go, wow, why is the spacing so goofy here? And you, I kind of accept some of it now. Yeah. And it's hard. People from my generation that have been doing this for a long time in this industry even had a hard time accept, ex, accepting digital printing. Yeah. Because it was on press, it was real ink, and, and now it, it's basically high-end color printers. Mm -hmm. But that's come a long way as well. But you can't control it like you used to. Yeah, and it's you know you you feel like you you give up a little bit of the the quality and the I don't know what the other word is, but really the the, yeah. the passion of, of what that craft. I think is. that tactile you know sense of it is yeah. is right. It's it's a little different, and it feels like it feels um more real, like um or permanent, you know. Yeah, when you're done, you're very proud of it. Yeah, you know, and it's there. It. You've got it in front yeah. of you. you know? And nobody else in the world. Yeah, you can't find knows it. that yeah. you know you have that drive for, but you know it's right. Yeah, one of the words. So when I was younger, I was also a stripper, and that was a term, not a dancer, not dancing <laughs> Wait a in minute. the clubs. 
It was a term where you would take these, that, that's the title of the job, where you would go into the dark room and you would strip the film together yeah. to make all the layers and the colors and making the plates correct. Because you don't want to get on press and stuff's not lining up. So there's a job that's what it was. And me being in industry all the time, yeah, I would go out and go, well, what do you want? I'm a stripper. Yeah, yeah. What? And then you got to explain it. So you're that, that's kind of fun. So you're a you're you used to be a stripper who went into a dark room and stripped. Okay, I mean, no, 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 no not like that. <laughs> oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, that's a whole different story. Oh, oh yeah, that was a little few years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, one thing also is I'm just I was just trying to come up with you know ties, and one of the things you brought up was a autograph. Which to me is kind of just Photoshop back in the day. And let me, let me, okay. so you take two images, right? And you want to combine them. You put it on the autograph, you trace it out how you want, and you've kind of manipulated two images together. And that's, I mean, that's the, it's bare bones, but that's the closest thing to Photoshop that I could find to me. What do you think about that? Or was that not, not the deal really? Artograph. Here's here's the purpose of autograph. Also, an autograph is kind of like a portrait. It is. If you think about yeah, it, a little, just a little, a little bit different. Thing, yeah, right? light table. Autograph projects, and yeah. light table you're seeing through. To, yeah, yeah. Right? And the reason those came around, they became popular because even today, speed. Right. Yeah. People want things faster and faster and faster. Mm -hmm. And if the faster you could produce, the more money you could make. Right. Yeah. As an agency. So instead of you know hand drawing everything, just looking at it, what you would do is you'd use the autograph either to project it onto something that was going to be big. That's what you did. Yeah. And you get the rough outline of say it was a face. So you know here are the ears, there's stuff, blah blah blah. And then you're going to go in and you're going to fill it in with I don't know, pastel, watercolor, yeah. yeah, whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. The the um, tracing table is exactly the same way. You're just laying it down. You're working in this because it's a smaller format. Yeah, smaller. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's really the purpose of that, but what I bet you didn't know, if you go back and you really do some history on 1800, I think 1800s, um, some of our world famous painters used an autograph. Yeah. It's, to help them get down the path. It's, it's weird, just a little side note. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln could fax a samurai? All those things were th like things that you could do at the same time in history. What? But wait, say that so again. when Abraham Lincoln was alive, yeah. he could have faxed a samurai in Japan because the, all those three, the fax machine was invented a few years before Abraham Lincoln became president, and the samurais were happening when Abraham Lincoln was president. Just a little fun thing, but it doesn't have they anything. They fax it with a pigeon. Like well, no, it's like a it's a fax machine. Basically, at the start was a the, the idea of what it is. Like no, it was literally you know the telegraph. You get your little Morse code. So the fax machine just printed that out. Okay. It just and it, it's still Morse code, but technically, yeah, it could have okay. sent those messages. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I didn't. I wouldn't have think some of these like famous painters back in the day had this technology, even though it's not even technology now. But you just don't you just don't think yeah, about light that. mirrors. That's yeah. all it is, and it's pretty yeah. recent, you know, history. It really is, yeah. Yeah, if like you've seen a a black and white picture of a painter, he's probably using that stuff, you know. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. I mean it's weird to think that, that those are the yeah, same. Yeah, people call it cheating. Um, yeah, I mean you can do what you want to with it, right? Yeah, I, I think of art as if 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 it moves you, do you really care how it got there? And purists do. 
Mm-hmm. And not every painter all the time used it. Sometimes, depending on what it was. But if you want to get proportion on something massive, yeah, you've got to have a tool to make that happen. Now, you still have to know how to use the tool, and that goes back to today as well. You have all these tools. Yeah. And fo- you know, uh, Adobe Suite of Products is a great one. Those tools are great, and you can fumble along with those without knowing them very well. But if you want to be very good, you have to know those tools. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like going to showing up at a construction site and you got a hammer with no head on it. Right? Yeah. You have the tool, but it's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. What is the blue dinosaur's real name? Because you say only you call Golly. it. What is it? How no one, no one will be able to find this thing ever. Probably not. I don't think I was the only one who called it the blue dinosaur. Yeah. But I mean, it might have been. Yeah. Some I don't remember. Typecast three thousand or something. Oh maybe? yeah, it's got some it's industrial like name. That. It's like got to have a three thousand yeah. or a four thousand. You know what I mean? It's got to have we'll that numbering it. system. Oh, we'll find from it. back then. But that was. I want to say I was using it eighty. 90, 91 maybe, that time period. So it would have been around then. Because we're still doing paste. Yeah. Computers weren't working at that point. Yeah. You know, for, for our industry. Yeah. Anyway. It's weird. Um, 30 years ago. It didn't seem like it. I know. It so like much it is, much longer. So much is gone. Yeah. I thought you were 75. Right. I look good for 75. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's senior from experience, not from age. Okay. Right. Tie back. Yeah. Call back to the start. I think that's it, though. I think that's our episode. Awesome. So if you guys liked that, we could talk about some more advertising history maybe in the future. Uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, anything else you want to say? No. I mean, I, we always love the comments. Um, agency at theglintstandard.com will get you directly to us. And if you want to know what it was like when... I was starting out. I'm happy to share. I love to talk, as you can probably tell. So you might have to write him a letter, though. Because <laughs> he, he traditional does, letter with a stamp. Yeah, that's been yeah, made, get with the stamp. Of, made with one of these. Yeah, he wants a special <laughs> advertising stamp on the front. There you go. That'd be pretty awesome. And if you do that, we'll give you a million dollars. Yeah, we're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's it. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Glint Standard featuring Glint Advertising in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Don't forget to submit your questions on our channels or email us at agency at theglintstandard.com.